0: Monday, it's a new week and we have a new chat for you to hear. I'm Ellie.
1: I'm James.
0: And I'm Nina. And in case you're wondering who Garrick is, we're students of the Stopport Garrett Youth Theatre. Thanks so much for choosing to listen to us today to hear our chat with
1: Abby Rose Kelly.
0: Welcome to episodes 10 of Garrick Chats with Abby Rose Kelly.
1: And chatting with such a passionate musician was just the most vibrant way to end Series 1 of Garrick Chats With.
0: Yeah, episode 10 already, we can't believe it. Before we
2: get to listen to what Abby's been up to, I think we should definitely chat about the series so far. Who'd have thought that when we created a lockdown project last year that it turned into a weekly podcast and that we'd get the opportunity to chat with the people we have?
1: I can't believe that we've been doing this podcast since November was the first interview. and
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: How many different guests we've actually managed to get on like a small like theater in Stockport has had a a variety of well-known people on it just baffles me to be honest being being at the theater since I was a wee little lad (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, now towering over both of you Um, it's just weird to think that starting at the theater I would have been doing a podcast like eight years later interviewing craig parkinson clint boom like all these it's, amazing people
2: it's so it's such a weirdly cool thing to do not to big ourselves up or anything but we're quite cool right
1: <laughs> more than quite cool we are the coolest
2: the listeners are very lucky to have us that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying they can't that's see it cool. but i mean i'm in
1: a funky shirt that's how cool i am
2: yeah i mean they can't see that but i gotta say it's quite funky
1: charity shops
0: we are cool and i think because we've checked so many cool people like that we wouldn't have had the chance to talk to if it if you if we can take anything slightly good from the past year you we've all been introduced to zoom and we've got the chance to speak to all these guests that we wouldn't have been able to speak to meeting up in stockport
1: well i mean we honestly wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for rachel and faye like or like the credit of the whole podcast comes down to Rachel's expertise in podcasting and (laughs) Faye with the Garrick bringing us all together like a little family which we are
0: yeah exactly for saying it but we love them to bits yeah
2: but it's true so why shouldn't we say it I think something amazing about this specific opportunity and how it's all virtual is that like I've always been like from a personal experience I've always been really into advocacy for uh, various things um being autistic and having the opportunity to speak in the autism awareness month episode is something that i would never been able to do before obviously but it was like exactly the sort of thing that i want to do to raise awareness and i think the fact that obviously we've spoken to very cool people But the fact that we've also been able to have opportunities like that, very meaningful.
0: Definitely. And like when I got the chance to speak to Maggie Oliver, you know, and to to raise awareness about the issues that young women are really going through. And it's something I feel really passionate about. And the fact that I've, I've followed Maggie's work for quite a while as well. And just the chance to speak to her, it was it was really exciting and quite eye opening as well.
1: I mean, personally, from like my, my point of view, as one of the many musicians on the podcast, being able to speak to uh, Clint Boom and then also in this one, uh, Abby, get the the difference in their experiences from someone that's someone that's been in music for many many years and how he's like used that into going into radio and stuff, and then with an up and coming one as such as Abby, who's a year older than me, how she's growing and being able to have that experience with both sides of it all i think it's just been really it's been an experience for uh, yeah, all of us
0: mm-hmm. i think i think it's been so good to talk to people from different industries because obviously we're at a point in our lives and we're trying to figure out where we want to go oh you've got to speak to actors and musicians and just so many different people to tell us about you just need contacts so. yeah exactly
1: I think it's also being good, not just for us as like the hosts, but for all the other kids at the theatre with yeah. them being mm. able to have opportunities to interview people like two of the Inters got to interview Jack P. Shepard last week mm. as big fans yeah. of Corey. And one that sticks to my mind is uh, the juniors when they got to interview Althea, who plays the Gruffalo's child and shared her experience for such a young group of kids and i feel like that will really stick with them it was like a really good insight into life for a, an actor during covid and it will be really useful for those kids in the future and they can look back and listen to it and be like oh look what i did over my lockdown and i think that's it's going to be really special for them all yeah
0: god i hadn't even thought about that <laughs>
1: yeah
0: and to conclude series one we aren't set to disappoint this week our students mia and lucy from the intermediates and our very own Garrett Chats With host James chatted with the Liverpool-based musician Abby Rose Kelly.
1: Abby has recently been described by Independent Music News as having power and confidence that resonates deeply. After her first single, Polaroids and Violence received over 100,000 listens on Spotify, Abby has just released her new track, Kill the Waitress, which will surely have the same success.
2: And something that has to be mentioned is that Abby was longlisted for the Glastonbury Festival Emerging Competition in 2020. COVID obviously got in the way of it. However, as you'll hear, nothing seems to stop Abby's passion for her music and performing.
1: If you enjoy this episode as much as we love doing it, please subscribe to us. It would mean a lot. Also, if you're using Apple Podcasts, please remember to write us a review to let us know what you think. We don't have many reviews to read through so far, and we're really interested in your feedback.
0: So without further ado, this is episode 10. Garrick chats with Abby Rose Kelly. Enjoy!
3: So, first of all, thanks so much for coming. We're all really excited to speak to you. Uh, so, can you tell us a bit about yourself and how you sort of got into music in the first place? Uh, yes,
4: so I started off doing acting. Like, I, I did acting since I was about four. Um, and then I went to, like, a Triple Threat Academy when I was about 13, because I, I could never really sing when I was younger. Like, my mum my mom and dad always used to tell me. Like, I specifically remember, I was watching... Do you remember that Justin Bieber film, Never Say Never. Yeah. I remember watching that in the living room and I just looked at my mum and I was like, because at the time I think I wanted to be a rapper, I don't know, I've had a few phases. Um, And I was like, do you ever make it as a famous rapper? And she was like, yeah, probably not. And I was like, don't, shut me down. But she didn't think that I was going to go somewhere with acting, so she supported me in that way. But then I went to um, this triple threat and I was a bit older and um, I was always like, saying oh I can't sing can't sing you know being that one in the corner the really shy one although you're paying like monthly to go to this thing so you have to participate but then eventually I, I think I signed I think it was all of me badge on Legend, and it didn't sound terrible and that was like new it was like very new because it was I like I just couldn't hold a tune like I couldn't even hum like my mum and dad just used to tell me off all the time for humming because it just sounded so bad um, but after a while of like going there and uh, meeting people who also liked singing and also liked acting and I, I can't I can't dance, but we danced there as well, but um I never got my head around that. Um but after that it just naturally sort of it became what I loved the most out of it all, like writing songs and stuff like that. So
5: thank you. you know. So have, what who were your music influences and what kind of music did you listen to when you were growing up?
4: Um, so I've always been, like, a fan of what my dad listens to. Actually, that's quite a big lie. Like, recently, I've been a fan of what my dad listens to. Like, he he finds good bands that he'd be like, oh, yeah, you should, you should look into this and look into this. And normally, about, like, a year later, I'll be like, yeah, do you know that band that you told me about a year ago to listen to? They're not actually that bad, because he's like, I used to idolise 21 Pilots, and the only reason I have any idea who they are is through my dad, because he's just, um, he just... He gets up at the crack of dawn and his speaker's on and he's always blasting music and he, he loves music. So so definitely, 21 Pilots, definitely, when I was growing up, they were the biggest thing that helped me learn how to write actual songs and lyrics and realise that, you know, words that you write down, poetry and stuff, actually means something and it can actually help um just get whatever you're thinking of because I think that it's, it's a good outlet. But as well as him, like I loved... M M&M and growing up still with M M&M. Um so turn Pilots M. M&M. Uh I love Fontaines DC. I don't know if you've heard, uh, heard of them at the minute. They're quite a big influence because they're, they're from Ireland. Um and the way they write, they write poems and once they write, write the poems they turn it into a song. So they're cool. Amy Winehouse is cool. I was talking I I was I was watching her documentary the other day. She's she's like she loved music as well, and that was that's like it. she was a big inspiration. So um, definitely that that group of people probably. Yeah,
3: thank you. Um, so I know you've like played at a lot of gigs and stuff. And so, what was your favourite one, or even just like one that you've been to?
4: My favourite gig I probably went to was I don't know if you've heard of someone called uh, Hobo Johnson. He's like a like a spoken word character. Kind of. He's a bit weird. He's a bit of a weirdo. He's he's like um. But I went there with my mate Dylan. Um, he got me on the guest list. I felt well cool. So we went, we went there, and it was. And do you know where the Gorilla is in Manchester? I think the capacity is like Yeah. Two. yeah. Have you ever been?
3: Uh, my sister has, but I've not.
4: Oh, uh, what? Who did she go and watch? Because uh, She went
3: to watch um the the Larkins. Oh yeah, they're cool.
4: Yeah, and I don't know. I know who they are. I don't know them personally, but like they've. They played the, the grill and stuff. I think there was a band that I know that opened up for them, cool. Um But but yeah, that was probably my favourite gig just because of the atmosphere. I th- I feel that small smaller gigs that have more people or like less people but in a smaller space. Obviously not at the minute with all the social distancing and stuff. <laughs> but like they're they're the best atmosphere that you'll have because you are just it, being there listening to everybody singing the songs that are being performed. But then again, even playing a gig like that. Like, have you ever done like a show up show before and you've got like this big round of applause and you're like bowing or whatever like that. You'll never be a feeling like that. And then when you're doing a gig at a venue like that, it's just how you feel for the entirety. You feel like the coolest person on the planet. And then you get off and say, (laughs) I can't believe you just did that. But yeah, the gorilla for watching Hobo Johnson. And then probably my favorite gig to play was, um, I played the Arts Club in Liverpool, opening up for Ask Elliot, and that's another band around here. And that was that was like one of the biggest venues that I played, and there was quite a few people there. And it was just like you just you just think you look well set, like that's just <laughs> like, that's, that's, you just think that you are the coolest person on the planet. So um, yeah. I think that's probably that's probably why, but yeah, yeah.
5: Um, so, I like singing as well, and I just got myself an audition where I might be able to sing. Um, so, have you got any tips on like looking after your voice? Um, it well,
4: it, it depends. What's
5: your audition for? Like, is it? Well, is I got, it... Sorry, I got that right. I got the I got the in the audition, and I might have a singing part in it. So, um, it's their own kind of show in the Oldham Coliseum. Oh, cool! Is it like a is it like a musical or like a gig? Um, I'm not really sure. Yeah, they've not really told well, us much about yeah,
4: it. Yeah, do you know the part that you auditioned for? Or? No. Oh, fair They're
5: enough. Just kind of, okay. they, just made us, they just told us to audition and I'm in it. Yeah, so yeah
4: no, they are a bit, like, secreting about these things. Like, uh, they don't tell you what it's called or anything. But to look after your voice, I think that... Try it. Don't, don't smoke. <laughs> um, Just make sure warming up's important. Like, I always used to think that I'll be fine. Uh, I'll go on there and I'll just... I'll I'll sit I'll sing and I'll sound great, but you have breathing exercises that you have to go through. And I think like you'd know if you've like you've performed before, obviously so you've got like the whole warm-ups, like the one two, like the kicking and everything. Like they're the most important parts to just keep you like keep you fit, not as in um, physically, as in like keeping it trained. So if you if you find something that's quite difficult then you train yourself to remember it and then it becomes muscle memory. So it's not, you shouldn't be like panicking about, oh, I can't do this and this, can't drink. I can't have milk before a show because my throat's going to, my throat's, I'm not going to be able to sing. Uh, just just take it easy and just uh, warm up. Just definitely just warm up. And uh, I hope that you, you get the part. It's good, it's a cool venue. Thank you. No worries.
3: Um, did you ever sort of, when you're choosing to go to, like to do the course at the uni or... Like just have any doubts about going down this career path, and if you did, like, how did you, like, come over them? Um, I think that especially
4: with the way the world is at the minute, I think that people in the creative industry have been getting the brunt of it. Especially when that I won't even say his name told us to retrain and stuff like yeah. that. So I don't think every in my mind have I doubted. Oh, I'm going. I'm going to quit music because I need a proper job. Because I need to. Uh, I need to get a mortgage or you know go down this route I've always felt like I have to you know do this it's, it's an outlet I said I, I touched on that before just saying how um, it's not I don't see it as like a nine to five I don't wake up and I'm like right okay I've got a shift of writing songs now uh, or I've got mm-hmm. a shift I have to go learn this script it's very much like it's it's a hobby and I feel like you start uh, you start a hobby from you know a spark of inspiration And I feel like for as long as you're enjoying it, you shouldn't doubt yourself at all. Even if maybe you're not on the path of, you know, I probably won't be this massive, you know, singer who's going to have millions and millions of awards. And I'm not expecting that. But if I could have a job where I could, you know, live my life doing what I love and the hobby that, like, I've I've fallen in love with, then then I would be completely fine with that. And I think that should be something that you always remind yourself because uh, I feel like a lot of A lot of this world is being knocked back and, um, you know, like auditions and stuff like you'll always, there'll be a hundred and thousands of no's before you get a yeah. And I think it's so important to take that, just take it in your stride and make it, make yourself a better person from it. So if you ever feel like you've been knocked back, just be like, yeah, but I'll be sound because I'm going to get another audition and they're going to say yeah. So you just have to, you should never put yourself down. You should always do, you always follow, you shouldn't be you know, trapped in a job that you're not going to be happy and you should just always strive for. Because you, you, you will always, if you... There's luck, but if, you know, you want it, then you will be able to get it. So I think that's very important to remember. Yeah.
3: Do you ever suffer from stage fright or get really nervous before a gig? Uh,
4: yeah, yeah, 100%. I feel like it's part and parcel. I feel like if you don't get stage fright, then you're not going to... Well, not necessarily, they're not going to give you best performance, but... I think that's whole the whole buzz of it is the part of why you love it so much because I feel like you get a payoff, don't you? Yeah. Um, so you 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 must know how it feels like, yeah. you, oh, And the, the nervous like running to the toilets and you feeling like you're gonna be sick. Yeah. But then for like that hour or how long you're on, you, just, you completely just own it. It's just the biggest buzz, off. isn't it? Yeah, it's such it's such an adrenaline rush, and then you come off the stage, and then someone comes bouncing up, you like, whoa, that was well cool, and you're just like, yeah. Like <laughs> I always feel really awkward because it's like. A, My songs can be like I can can have a bit of attitude on the stage. And I do a couple of, I do a cover by Slaves, and that's a well shouty song. So I'd probably get into it. And then someone, I come off the stage and i would just be like, really keeping myself to myself, really quiet, just like, oh, I'm really embarrassed from jumping around the stage. But it's all part of the enchanting rush that you get. But no, I absolutely, definitely, definitely get stage fright. I'm one of the worst for it. Like, I can hardly speak to people, but the payoff's always brilliant. So.
3: Brilliant. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to ask you as well, you've touched on um, how you went to um, a triple threat school. So, yeah. and you said about acting, are you, are you still pursuing that in any way? The acting side uh, of things?
4: Yeah. So for, I've been doing acting for about uh, six probably. And uh, I've been like, gone to auditions. Like I was in, I filmed for Top Boy, right? And yeah. cut me out. I was an extra, but oh. cut me out. And that's fine. I'm not angry about it, I I absolutely promise you, I'm not frustrated in any way, shape or form. I wasn't waiting a whole year to watch it. Uh, But no, I I love acting and it's like I love writing as well. So it's like I write um, scripts and and stuff like that. And that's like one of my my biggest dream is to be able to write soundtracks and films and like, I sound like a bloody one-man band, like just doing it for myself. um, (laughs) But I still, like I'm not with an agency anymore, but but I was going to get back into it uh, once you know, COVID and stuff, yeah. but it's just the if and the when and they're just the new normal, it's just a pain. So
6: yeah.
4: I, th- I find them in the awkward age as well where it's like I've just t- I've just turned nineteen so now I'm in like the adult bit, but it's like you still get cast for like you still get audition for like playing a 14 year old. And yeah, you know, but yeah, you definitely still still love acting and just all the arts. See anything I've ever really yeah. been interested in. <laughs>
3: Brilliant.
5: Thanks, Abby. Um, So, yeah, like you just said, in COVID's obviously messed a lot of things up. But have there haven't been any opportunities that you've missed because of COVID? I feel like uh,
4: everyone's probably, there's always there's been loads of opportunities that everyone's missed. Like I've known uh, people who have been doing really well and all of a sudden have had to go work in a supermarket, um, which is, you know, it's a shame and it is it's really sad. I'm not going to, you know, say that, um, you know, I've missed out on like, I oh, could have been, could have had a, a Brit award by now. Because um, I think at first I was really angry, like the first lockdown I was like, oh, but I have this gig and this gig and I was writing this and I, I had, I did pick up my guitar for weeks because it was just, I was just so frustrated. And then I realised um, probably around the time that I came, I started, I moved to Liverpool. Um, I started taking this time and appreciating it and finding more, ways to write songs and then um, I felt once I realized that it wasn't all about the oh yeah I want to write this song because it's going to sound absolutely amazing on stage you know it, it's now I'm writing songs because it's like oh I've got this um this story I want to tell and then it's like I'm like I've got this thing that I want to add in or I want to put a trumpet there you know it's like I said this instead of songwriting I feel like I'm trying to like not compose but it's like, I feel like I'm writing a book instead of writing a song. And I think that's what I've learned from being in lockdown and not having much to do and not being able to get out and perform. I think that it takes you back to the skin and bones of why you started doing it in the first place. So I think that, um, although, yeah, there are opportunities that I've missed, like I've missed loads of gigs and like pro- like festivals and stuff like that. I think it's like a, a blessing in disguise because I think that you know you have to take whatever positive you can out
6: of it great thanks so much for that abby and um i just want i just really wanted to ask you because you've said about gigs that you've missed out on and stuff but i know that already before lockdown you'd already performed a lot can you just tell us a bit about uh, your like live performances like where they've been and, and how they were and stuff because i know you did uh, somewhere in warrington wasn't it that was quite yeah. big yeah i did
4: a uh i did riff fest which is a festival for um the river East foundation which is about the band Viola Beach, yes, uh, who, yeah. amazing, amazing band and, yeah. you know, amazing families and uh, like an amazing cause. Uh, they put on a, a festival. Um,
6: Viola Beach were wonderful though, weren't they? They were, so incredible. Like, I never, it's such I never a shame because such a start of their career, wasn't it? Yeah,
4: such, it is a real, real shame um, because of how big they would have been because they definitely, I feel they, they, they were definitely on this, you know, this track. It's just yeah. such a, a shame. But like the legacy is still completely living on, and I think that's it's 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 amazing to be like a part of something like Roof Fest because you feel like you you're carrying on the work for them because it's like your you, the the money that you raise is to go into funding for young musicians who you know don't necessarily get the opportunities other people do. Yeah. So when I was playing there, I was on the main stage, and it was honestly it was one of the like I'd never I felt I felt like a name a celebrity like there was like big big lights my names were up in the lights oh, behind wow. me yeah it was, even though there was it was in a bigger uh, it was in the pyramid center and there was only like there was only like 50 people there there wasn't like loads of people in a big venue it
6: doesn't matter but, though you've still got yeah. on stage and done that the and for stage, that cause yeah, the as well
4: stage was so cool I had the name uh, like i rose mean, kelly kind of in the back of the lights stuff like that it was cool and then i did a headline as well in um in warrington as well and it's called the the Outpost now, but it's called the lounge. It was called the lounge at the time, and that was that was cool, very sweaty because it was in a basement. <laughs> what I was saying before about Gorilla and, and the smaller the environment is with the more people obviously, not right now, but um, that was that was amazing because it was just like it was the first time I'd ever heard anyone else sing, sing back a song of mine, yeah. and it was just like that really must cool. be
6: such a feeling. It, it, is,
4: it is incredible. So that's why it's like that's why I just of like as uh, uh, you write as many songs as you can because the second you get something stuck in someone's head uh, and you've written this song, you've got like a couple of lyrics and it's stuck in their head, you feel well good about yourself then, yeah. even though it, they hate it. So just write and write and write. That's There's a talent good... on
6: its own though. Never mind getting up and performing it. Like the writing side of it, is, writing songs is just a talent on its own, isn't it? You, you are. You're not even. You're more than a triple threat. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that I've always like
4: I. I wouldn't sing if I wasn't writing songs. So, um, I think I only started singing because of the songwriting. Yeah, so right. I would say that it sort of come part and parcel. Not. I I'm not triple threat because I can't dance. So <laughs> really, really cannot dance. Two
3: left legs, more than two. Oh great! Thanks, Abbey. How did you like, like get the gigs? Did they like? sorry I'm not I don't really know anything about it did, did they oh, like ask you to go
4: um so there's loads of different ways of going around it if you have um if you write your own songs and you want to do you have like a band and you want to do gigs for your own stuff it is a lot of just turning up and being like well not turning up on the day but going to people messaging emails like uh, don't like I always got taught be annoying, but don't be that guy that's too annoying. That is like stalk, stalking, stalking, stalkerish. Um, you know, just prove that you, you know, you're keen and you want to do it. Like I got the the Riff Fest gig because one of my college tutors works with the charity, and a, a lot of he, he was like booking a lot of people, and I was like, "I'll play." And he <laughs> forgot at first, and they released the full uh, poster, and I was like loads of other bands on there, and I was like.
3: I'll put my name on the poster and he was
4: like oh oh, oh no and I forgot to, uh, he forgot to fit me on somewhere so it's just like little things like that and then eventually you'll get people like promotion companies will be like oh we have this for you if you want to sell these tickets and it's just you have to look you have to look you have to get the traction basically it's a it's like a it's like a pyramid scheme it's like working <laughs> working it working your way up but yeah if you want to start out like uh, and you've got your own stuff then I would just just go to pubs or try and find small venues and because that's what I did for my first headline I just found a venue and I found someone who is called Tom I still work with him now he did the sound and I was like oh I'll sell the tickets for like three pounds and then I'll ask a couple of my mates to come and play and then just you know do it yourself until someone else is going to come around and be like we're actually going to do this for you because we think you're cool so yeah so that's definitely that's cool. But if you want to do like covers and stuff, like I've done, I've done jobs where I've gone to pubs and sang like in the corner of the room where no one's listened to me for three hours, but at least I've walked out with some pocket money. So if you that's that's like easier to do, you could just go and walk into pubs and be like, I'll sing for 45 minutes, do you know, give me a tenner Well, not a tenner obviously, more, <laughs> more, definitely worth more than a 10 pound £10 per 45 minutes. But yeah,
3: yeah, thank you. Have you got anything that you'd recommend? to aspiring musicians, just, like, how to get started or just yeah. anything that's helped you, really?
4: That's a good question, actually. That's a bit of a thing. It depends, really. Um, so, you guys are musicians, aren't you? So, yeah. so, like, do you write your own stuff? Like, what, where, where are you at? The um,
3: minute? I've written a few things, but I mostly play, like, the piano and sing a bit. Uh,
4: so, do you say that you write your own songs and stuff like that?
3: Yeah, sometimes, yeah.
4: Well, I mean, if you want my advice, the easiest thing to do is um, if you, if you you know, you can play the piano and you can write your own songs, it would be get demos down. So I don't know like if you have a laptop or anything, but there's like free software where you can watch a couple of YouTube videos to you know, get your head around it. Or you can just, if you've got like an iPhone, you can use Gary's Band. And it's like, once you've got these songs, it's, e- it's easier to then say if you want to actually release one and you go to like a a studio and you're like, Oh, I've got this demo. Now I want to make it like a full song. I want to have like drums on it. And just to, if, if you know how you want it to sound in your head, then make sure that they know that that's you don't want to be under the coattails of someone else like guiding you, even though it's your music. Like, Mm -hmm. um, that's the most important part. Like don't lose yourself in trying to get somewhere. Um, because you think that, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's your big break. Just always, just be writing. Like, uh, I wrote songs over the most ridiculous things. Like, <laughs> so stupid. It turned out to be, like, my favourite song that I've ever written. So just, all I can say is just keep writing. And, like, uh, there's been times I've been on the way back from um, a night out or something, I've been in a taxi, and I've just been, been singing to the taxi drivers. Just make sure people know who you are. And just make sure that people are just like oh my god that's that girl that annoying one that sings because then it's like it's implemented then and then and then you know and then you've got this platform and then you'll grow so just keep writing thanks
6: so much abby um for that for that advice for lucy and mia and obviously lucy and mia have asked you like quite a lot um but we also invited james on as james is off to do yeah. music production as well at uni um, and yeah. And just he was playing your songs the other day as well, and sharing them on Instagram and stuff like that. He really loves your music, so just wondering, James, if you've got anything that you'd like to chat with with Abby about.
1: I've I've been listening to your songs you've got on Spotify, and I've added yeah. them to my playlist. They're they're really good. So, um, Thank you, how did you sort of like? Because I know you've got your band. Um, how did you sort of come across them lot, and how much input did you have into their side of it?
4: Yeah. So, uh, having a backing band is kind of, for a while now, been like a revolving door of people who um are just there for a couple of gigs and then they disappear.
1: Yeah,
4: Because uh, I think that sometimes it's hard to find people who are fine with just being a backing band. Um, some people, you know, they want to be the band, they want to be like the catfish in the bottom and they are to the monkeys, they don't want to be like me and then, you know, they, they don't want to be like Florence and the machine, do you know what I mean? yeah. That's the only thing I can think of right now. But the guys that I met, uh, the guys who play for me now, I've got Izzy, my bass player, who I met at, um, at college. Uh, she was in my class, and uh, Luke, who was in the year below me, and then I actually met my drummer on Facebook because I had a uh, I had about three gigs coming up, and uh, two p- people leave the band um, because they were just like you know just differences like things things like that just happen. You have to you have to sort of get used to just falling out with people. Well, not get used to falling out with people, you know, always be a nice person, but yeah, yeah you have to get used to the disagreements that you're going to have because they are going to come about because at the end of the day, it's like, it's something that you've you've created and putting it into someone else's hands, you are going to have disagreements. But um, I found him on Facebook and the next day, he was on his way up from Hayton, which is in Liverpool, to Warrington. And it was like a two-hour bus journey just to come and rehearse with us. And that was sort of like, and we just clicked straight away. So it's important to realize who you click with and who wants to be there and um, then you'll find that the music and the writing and the rehearsing is a lot a lot more enjoyable instead of feeling like a job because obviously you don't want it to feel like that
1: yeah do you um, also have like a a dream like venue you'd like to play or like a a dream recording space like a specific like studio like everyone's go-to is want to work at Abbey Road Studios yeah do you have like a a goal of where do you want to get yeah, to with
4: def- definitely. performing? Well, when I was in college, we went on a trip to a studio doing music production. Have you heard of Rockfield Studios?
1: Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah.
4: So I went on a college trip there, and we stayed for Monday to Friday. And obviously, it's where Queen went and recorded, um and it's where Oasis went and recorded. And they were telling us there was this. Cause it's like you have the studios and then you have like the house and you have the housekeepers and it's like the cups and stuff and there's uh there was this woman and she told us how she still got the door that either Liam or Noel kicked down trying to wake the other one up, and I just thought that was funny. But that's like my dream place is to go back to go back there to do an album or to do like a soundtrack or something. That's yeah. like my big dream. But I'd love to play Glastonbury as well. I feel like that's obviously. Yeah. But I'd love to the festivals, just like they just blow my mind. Like, I've only ever been to neighborhood, Um I've never been to many festivals. Um, but just the idea of it and watching like Glassman, because I always watch Glassman with mum and dad on the CV, and it just blows my mind. And it's just every single time that we just like I watch Idols, like I love watching their set at yeah, Glassman, good. especially because yeah, do you like Idols? Yeah,
1: yeah, I listen to yeah, a bit have of them.
4: You seen, yeah, Have you seen Joe Talbot when he cries when he's singing Danny Nelson? Nav- yeah. Nav- Obviously, but it's like it's it's one of them emotions it's like I'd probably cry as well. Like Jesus, like look at all these people that are singing your tune back to you and then all of a sudden like you just you're just overwhelmed. But something like that, I'd definitely cry if we play Grass and hundred percent.
1: Do you have any um plans to put any of your more any more of your music on like Spotify as Because well, a uh, bit of a bit of a fan and I, I'm a I'm a drummer as well, but I also do a lot of other uh playing of instruments. Um yeah. and I've uh, as a drummer, I like to listen to songs and then try and play them back. So I've I found that they're enjoyable, not just to listen to, but to also perform just for myself sort of thing.
4: Um, yeah, well, I've got a song coming out on the, the 30th of April, and that is called Your Time. It's with my friend Marcus. Um, we wrote, so I wrote, a like, the couple of lines of that in the first lockdown and then I left it for months and we were in the, we just decided we were just like, should we just go in the studio and see what happens so we took that and then it became this this big like uh, ballad type thing and it's not really anything that I've released before, like there's a, there's a little clip on my Instagram, I don't know if you've seen it but um, it's very much like a, like sort of like a film soundtrack kind of thing, that was definitely yeah. the vibe we were going for so it was um, cool to sort of have had, like violins and stuff like that Uh, on there but that so that's coming out and then i've got like i've I've got an ep and and stuff written but it's just when i can get into the studio and because it's like i've got all these ideas like i want to make music videos and stuff like that and it's just it takes it takes a while so once that's all in order then definitely i'll have things coming out in the
1: front center sounds good
5: um so for my final question um, we kind of like to ask people who are involved with music like if you could choose. One song to be the soundtrack of your life, what would it be and why?
4: Oh, that's impossible. That's impossible. Actually, no, it's not. Probably uh, right now, I'm really liking Queens of the Stone Age. Like, I'm just, I really like the No One Knows. Just how good it makes me feel. Like, I listen, I put my headphones in, listen to it, walking down the street. I feel invincible. So. That's like the soundtrack to my life at the minute. It's probably no one knows by Queens and Stone Age, so definitely listen to it because it makes you feel well cool.
6: I bet I can definitely second that. Um, you said obviously <laughs> true, not been to so many festivals yet, but um, I got the opportunity, I think they were at Leeds Fest. Um, oh, they're Leeds, yeah. Well, the, no, when I went and saw them years ago, how many, I can't remember how many years ago it was, it was a long time ago, but they did an afternoon slot at Leeds Fest, they were even headlining um so um, yeah i can definitely agree with no one knows and i understand what you mean when you put your headphones in bit. It's just so fun. yeah perfect abby thank you so much for coming on the podcast it has been absolutely yeah. and you, you are so wise beyond your years yeah the advice that you've given to, to all three is just is just brilliant. And, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, but honestly, Abby, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you on. And uh, we you wish so you much. all the best of luck with everything, mm-hmm. with your gigs. Um, and make sure you keep in touch with us. And yes, definitely. We will Absolutely. let everyone, all of our listeners, know about your new single, which comes out on the 30th
3: of 30th April.
6: 30th of April. We wrote it all down. So thanks, Abby. Yes. Thank you so much to Abby for being a wonderful final
0: guest for the end of Series 1.
1: I really liked how Abby was sort of... She was more than a music. Like, she wasn't just a musician. Like, it wasn't her sole purpose talking point throughout the interview. Like, she talked about how she started off as a triple threat despite saying she couldn't dance um it was it was really interesting to show that she's not just been a musician for a whole life and she's sort of grown up doing what we've done and she was given like really thorough answers to uh, Lucy and Mia who were interviewing her she was given advice as well which would really resonate with them because Abby's so young but she has like a lot of wisdom beyond her age. And as quote from Nina, her music slaps. Like <laughs> we we've all been listening to it before the podcast started, yeah. before we were doing this recording. And I said to her on the podcast, uh, "I've it's on my playlist. Like I've been playing oh, mine along, as well. <laughs> I've been playing along to it on my drums. It's just very catchy, and it's not just like indie music. It's sort of like it's indie rock, but it's also like not grunge, but that sort of punk vibe. Same and it's, vibes, yeah." It's a bit bit of everything and everyone could get behind it.
2: Something that we're doing on Garrick Chats With is sharing the podcast love. So each week we'll be dipping into podcast land and recommending somewhere else for you to fulfill your needs after you've listened to all of ours, of course.
0: So this week we chatted with Abby, who is also a podcast lover, to find out about what she likes listening to and which podcast she'd like to recommend for you all.
1: And Abby couldn't speak highly enough of the podcast Art Imitates Life by John Reynolds which looks at the relationship between our world and the arts through the eyes of creatives. He's chatted with a range of guests from the location manager of La La Land, Robert Falks, to actor Richard James from the 1996 film Wind in the Willows.
2: And coming up next season on Garrick Chats With is... We're not going to tell you
1: that! But don't worry, Garrick Chats With season two is just around the corner, coming back in June. And we've already got a bunch of wonderful guests lined up just for you.
0: And in the meantime, keep an eye on our socials. So at GarrettCouthGram on Instagram and at SGTYouth on Twitter to keep yourself updated with future episodes.
1: Thanks as always for listening. I've been James.
0: I've been Ellie. And I've been Nina. And this has been episode 10, Garrick Chats with Abby
2: Rose Kelly.
0: Take care and bye for now.
1: Garrick Chats With is presented by James Fagan,
0: Ellie Spooner, and Nina Young
1: of the Stockport Garrick Youth Theatre and produced by Rachel Fitzgerald. Our wonderful music is brought to us by Luke McConnell of Manchester's own roller band. All of our hosts are 6 to 18 year olds from our very unique theatre. Please remember to subscribe to Garrick Chats With on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcasts to get every episode straight to your phone every week.